0: Do, 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 do. Okay. Hello. How y'all doing? How you doing? As I used to say back in the Friends day. Uh, welcome to the second episode of Welcome to the Rabbit Hole. Uh, there was supposed to be probably ten podcasts by now, but we had testicle difficulty. <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't able to do the recordings. So, today we actually have a special guest in the studio to help me with the recording. Nix is finishing up one of her paintings. She's over in her corner over Chander. Her place is all nice and meticulous as so she takes four hours to draw one brushstroke and make it look perfect. So her, I guess, yin to my yang is always nice. Plus, right now, I uh, have a hell of a time just doing the talking alone, because I have had the testicle difficulty. <laughs> About three months ago, I found out I had some cysts on the old walnuts, and they've been wreaking havoc on me. I recorded, I think, four or five podcasts, but they all sounded like I had to poop or I was gonna cry. Imagine Katherine Hepburn and whiny Allie McBeal had a emo love child that started to cover band of Morrissey and Jeff Buckley, and you can get probably to the level where I was. But next over here, I can look at her and stay in character and not think, great googly moogly. <laughs> I feel like pixies are kicking me in the ding-ding. <laughs> okay, so here we are. I have several paintings in front of me that I'm trying to finish. And uh, next has got that grin, so she's doing well. So here we go. Oh, I was going to start today with page 252 from my book. I wrote a book called Time for New Sand, an old hourglass. And I'm going to read from it. That's my Dr. Phil right there. Did you like it? Okay, so this is one of the chapters with my grandfather in it. Here we go. La 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 la. Mommy, me, I don't have a booger hanging on my nose or anything, do I, when I'm about to read? Am I clear? Okay, I'm good. No boogers. You can't have a booger, because then you'll be talking, and you get that booger whistle, where if nobody else hears it in your head, you hear, every time you talk and you think in your head, I should have picked that fucking booger before I began. But the great news is, I don't have one of those. Yay. Okay, so let me get in character here. Mm. (laughs) I got booger whistle in my head. It's hard to be in character when you got booger whistle in your head. (sighs) Burning a car and the beginning of Pop's swan song. I swear to fucking God, hoss, Pop said walking in the back door and throwing his cane on the floor in disgust. One of these goddamn days, I'm just going to stuff a bunch of newspapers underneath the seat, light it, and sit back and watch that fucking cock-sucking witch titty burn. I knew Pop was angry by the level of his cussing. I knew not to laugh when he was this pissed, but the only image I could see in my head was trying to figure out just what a fucking cocksucking witch titty looked like, sounded like, and how was it even possible? <laughs> and that got me laughing my ass off. Pop, with a serious look on his face, rubbed his stump, then lit a raleigh and said, "'What skull fuck a Catholic baby "'during a winter storm do you think is funny?' I laughed even harder and explained why I was laughing. After a cigarette, Pop calmed down and laughed as well. I honestly believe many of my friends in Devon's side didn't come over because they enjoyed my company. They actually freaking came over to watch me and my crazy ass grandfather interact with one another. No matter how messed up their home life may have been, it wasn't nearly as bizarre as my house. It was like a carnival because you had no idea what was going to happen, but it was exciting on some sort of surreal level. Just think of it as a crazy messed up reality show you can't stop watching. Only way before reality shows were even thought of. After he calmed down, he shook his head and just whispered, Gonna burn that snatch. Now all of this cussing was directed to the car he had bought and the person who sold it to him. Nick Perkins retired from the Crooked bank's career of being the barber and entered the world of used cars. The fact was this. Nick sold Pop a lemon. The thing was falling as part as Pop's snail drove it around Devon's side, and there was nothing Pop could do about it. I don't believe he was actually pissed about the car. He was once a car dealer, and I am quite certain Pop sold a lemon or two in his life. Hell, he may have even sold a lemon to Nick, and Nick was now getting him back. (laughs) The reason he was really pissed was Nick got one over on him, and he just burned him knowing that he couldn't get even. I had heard the threat of how he was going to burn the car in its various forms for several months. He would walk around the house and create various grumbles of cuss words to match how much he hated the car, A big pile of fuck shit stacked on shit with more shit steaming on goddamn side of shit. Now, Pop was crazy. This I knew. (laughs) There were so many things I did not know about him and only found out after he had passed away. But his crazy was legendary to those that had grown up with him. There was even the phrase in Devin's side of, Be careful. carvin will shoot you. I thought people were always kidding about that. But no, they were not kidding. If you pissed Pop off enough, he actually would try to shoot you. Thankfully, he moved so slow that whenever he was going to the gun rack, there was someone around with more speed and a level head to stop him. He was so crazy that when he got back from the war, his arm hurt so bad that he sat at the kitchen table, got drunk, grabbed a shotgun, and tried to blow his arm off. The debris of that arm apparently splattered all over my Uncle Lyle when he was a baby. So Pop was crazy. And I knew Pop had it in him when he was drinking to be crazy. But I didn't really think he would do anything drastic when he was sober. The news came to me during an after-school football game, or basketball game, sorry. As I came out of the locker room, the principal was waiting for me. The man was a giant that I both respected and feared. It seems he knew everything about me, both good and bad. I was always terrified whenever he gave me his full attention. Praise from that man could elevate you to a level of maturity you never knew knew existed inside of you. But being reprimanded from that man would make you feel like you just dropped back three grades and wish you could find a corner to suck your thumb and vanish." The only warning you had of this reprimand occurring was that his forehead would glow red like a warning light telling you should tread very carefully. I immediately looked at his forehead and was in the clear. He had his arms crossed and a genuine look of concern on his face that I knew whatever news he was about to give me, it was about pop and it wouldn't be good. We had done this dance several times before. I walked up to Mr. Miller and sighed. "'Something happened to Pop, didn't it?' "'He nodded, reached down with that massive hand of his and squeezed my shoulder. "'You need to get home. There's been a fire. Your "'Grandfather's okay, just shaken up. "'But he needs you right now.' "'I nodded, said thank you, and headed out of the gymnasium "'and home to see how much damage had been done. "'After living with him for three years, it took a lot for Pop to rattle me. "'Walking home, I shook my head and couldn't help but laugh.' I tried to crawl into his head and figure out what he was thinking, and I could actually could see him and hear him walking out to the car all pissed off. Newspaper tucked under his stump, so mad he could barely walk straight from trembling so bad and saying, "'I'll teach that cocksucking hump-rubbing small-peckered son-bitch, oh yeah, I will!' As I walked up to the house, I stopped and just stared. He didn't more than burn the freaking car— He burned the car, the carport, and the shed attached to it. Hell, he almost caught the house on fire. Holy shit, I whispered. My neighbor came out of her house, walked over, and stood next to me. She smelled like smoke, and she was still wearing her cheerleader uniform. Her face and the outfit were stained black. He set the car on fire, she said, standing next to me, (laughs) laughing with a little nervousness to it. I was heading to the game when I looked over and saw smoke coming out of the car. I saw him struggling to get out. His foot got stuck underneath the gas pedal. We both just stared at the aftermath for a second or two. I kept pulling and pulling on his leg and the flames started to spread. She laughed again like she was trying to hold it together. He, He was cussing and smacking the flames that were starting to come up through the seat. Finally, he told me to take the fucking shoe off. I don't know why I didn't think of that first. Scared, I guess. We got out of the car just as the flames reached the driver's side. We stood there for a little bit longer, just staring. Thank you, I said with the same nervous laugh she had. She nodded. Fire truck just did leave. I need to get in the shower. Who won the game? she asked. We did, uh, forty-five to thirty, I said. I really was surprised by how calm I was. Good. Let me know if you need anything. Mom and Dad should be home soon. They will come check on you guys. With that, she headed back to her house and I headed into mine. Pop was sitting in his favorite chair, leaning over with his head on his hand. He kept rubbing the top of it like he did when he was nervous or upset. Hey, Pop. Some fire, huh? I sat down on the floor next to his chair and patted his leg. "'Oh, oh, I really fucked the chicken this time, hoss,' he said as he leaned back and let out a deep sigh. "'Fuck the chicken hard!' I laughed and patted his leg. "'Yes, I would say you did. I would say you even fucked more than the chicken, Pop. I would say you fucked the whole hen house and the rooster.' He looked at me for a second, saw me smiling, and smiled as well. I thoroughly enjoy that chapter. I'm getting my reading voice back, and that's nice. Okay. Hey, Nick, can you do me a favor? Can you bring me that glass of wine over here so I can take a sip? If I get up, I'm going to sound like my grandfather getting off the couch, and I don't want to upset the podcast fans or fins. Podcast fans. That's when sharks come near you. And it's like a maze. Yes, it is a maze over here. She's currently walking through about a hundred tubes of paint, a laptop, four paintings, three calling birds, one old dog, and a big fat cat that won't move. Thank you. Whew, great googly moogly. That is some sweet Riesling. It'll make your butt pucker if you drink it too much. Okay, oh, so as you're walking back, I was creating this box that um, I thought would be cool to paint and carve. And originally, I was out um, out in the desert, up on the mountain in my car. And I thought, oh, I could make an I Miss You box. You know, like if you couldn't be near your loved one, or you know, you had to travel a lot, or, hell, you just missed somebody, Goddamn damn shit. Oh, God. Scooter's here. Yeah, that's right, I'm here, Scooter McGee, ex-dragon hunter. Yeah, I was up on the mountain with my nephew. He came up to see him. (laughs) He was writing this box and poems and stuff. And I said, hey, nephew, what you doing? (laughs) He just kind of rolled his eyes at me and, you know, said I'm making an eye miss. Yeah, I can only do that character for about that long. Good God. I think I need to... Make Scooter a little bit younger so I can do his voice because it's starting to get to me. Alrighty, I need to drink some water real quick. Hang on, folks. Mm. But no. So what I did is I just wrote a bunch of uh, different poems and whatnot and just folded them up into different different thingies. That's a professional term. Then I put them in this here box that I'm painting on. And... You know, if you're missing your loved one and you, you're like, Oh, I wish, oh my God, I, I miss them so much. I, I wish they was here right now so I could hold them or give them sweet lemon or, you know, just watch Netflix and eat popcorn or something. And then you just pull out a letter. Oh, and you can read the poem or whatever it is like this. Imagine me. Imagine me as an unrelenting pleasure with no breaks. And then you can fold the letter back up going, Oh my God, that touched my heart, and I feel like I don't miss them right now. And then you can, you know, go deeper into the box. Although I don't think you should say deeper into the box. That would be misconnotated. I actually just wanted to say misconnotated, because that's fun to say. (laughs) What's this one? Maybe in our world, beautiful dreams are endless. As each beautiful ends, it is the beginning of a new one. Yeah, so there's that. So eventually I'll have this box full of poems and different... I think I have some Neruda poems in here. Oh, what's this? Oh, yeah, I have a Dan Millman... uh, I had the Dan Millman book. uh, The sequel to Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I think it was Path or Sacred Journey... Ah, Sacred Journey of the Secret Warrior. Book fell apart in my car. But I kept uh, some... Passages that I really like, and this is this is this. What, what was I? Ah, there it is. This is in the "I Miss You" box too, in case you need inspiration or something. This is Dan Millman. I sat at the feet of gurus who spoke simple wisdom and emanated a loving and powerful presence. I felt the deep devotional fervor of holy men and women, saints. I even trekked with Sherpa Geist to Tibet, Nepal. In the Pamir region where I met aesthetic, I don't know how to pronounce that a s c e t i c s ascetics, ascetics. <laughs> i don't it's not aesthetics as as ass as kissers you know what we're just going to move on and keep reading, but I grew more dejected each day because I never found a teacher quite like Socrates, nor did I learn anything that wasn't available in a West Coast bookstore. I felt as if I'd gone searching for the mysterious east, only to learn that it was away, visiting relatives in California. Hang on, my nut hurts, I gotta breathe, as you can tell when I'm trying to, say, alrighty, but hey, no, we got, we're doing gooder, (laughs) gooder, that was a good reading, we shall take a deep breath and pause, ah, okay, you know what, I think that might be it right now for the podcast, it was a good reading. But I feel like the pixies are now punching me walnuts to the rocky theme of "Eye of the Tiger." So I'll pause this one, and we'll do a musical interlude, and uh, I'll come back with something cool. So thank you for listening to this one. Um, imagine some really cool piano music right now, like do 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 and then there's like a jazz thing in the back going. And that's your music exit. Exit for music thingy. <laughs> Alrighty. We'll be back. Take my hand. Hello. That was my musical transition. Did you like it? <laughs> okay. So we are back. We breathed a little bit so we can keep going. Remember to always keep moving forward. Remember to always keep searching for that music too. Always try to find those notes between the notes. Cool things like that. So, Nyx is still here with me. She's changed canvas because she's she was detailing flowers. But she was starting to get an eye tick from detailing flowers, so she switched over to. Well, hell, for her, it seems like chaos. That brush is just going like I'm smoking over there. So... But, uh, yeah, so here we go. Second part of the podcast. I had some structure and notes here, which is funny because my buddy Big Brain McLean chuckled at my first podcast when I said I had notes. And he said I was just blatantly lying. Actually, I do have notes. It's just they're Dana and the artist falling down a rabbit hole that's completely insane sort of notes. So don't judge. (laughs) Oh, but right. So here's a page from uh, one of the newest journals. Here lately I've had a habit of writing something very simple. And then coming back and I can't turn the page. Ah, there we go. And uh, they stuck together. They're still stuck together. Ah, there they are. And then I'll paint a little something something over it. So sometimes I can't read the words underneath and it leaves uh uh here, let me just read it. Can't explain it. Heard a song? Wanna hear it? Oh well. Okay, hang on. I gotta take a breather here. This portion of Dana's podcast, is sponsored by Remember to breathe, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Never ever underestimate the power of oxygen. Okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Names can help form an image in our mind. At least the beginning of one. Names have power but the mind gives fuel and continues the story. In front of me there is a painting, an abstract. The eye and mind will tell you the story, but I think we need a name here. And if I turn the page, I got nothing. Ooh, wait, Neruda. Um, So, another one of the books that died in my car was uh, Pablo Neruda, and I always have some Neruda around because he is awesome. So, what I've started doing is making postcards where I'll paint on one side of some cardboard, I flip that over, and then I'll glue down one of my poems or something cool that I find, like this Neruda poem right here. Now, you have to be very, very serious when you read Neruda, because it is Pablo Neruda. <laughs> It's like when I say El Camino. (laughs) That's my favorite car of all time, and you must feel it when you say it, isn't that right, Nix? El Camino. One day I will have my El Camino again, and it will be great. What was I doing? Squirrel. Oh, right. Neruda. Here we go. Alrighty. Alrighty then. Leaning into the Afternoons Leaning into the Afternoons I cast my sad nets toward your oceanic eyes There in the highest blaze my solitude lengthens in flames Its arms turning like a drowning man's I send out ragged signals across your absent eyes That wave like the sea or the beach by a lighthouse You keep only darkness, my distant female. From your regard, sometimes the coast of dread emerges. Leaning into the afternoons, I fling my sad nets to that sea that is thrashed by your oceanic eyes. The birds of night peck at the first stars that flash like my soul when I love you. The night gallops on its shadowy mare, shedding blue tassels over the land. That was kind of cool. When you were smacking on your canvas, I had a rhythm to the poem. That was kind of awesome. So yeah, that's where we're at there. That's cool. Ah, so here, I I grabbed one of my notes. And I have, in this podcast, make sure you cover Yep. (laughs) And I thoroughly enjoy telling people this one. Yep. I... I uh, bounce all over the frickin' country, um, absorbing different cultures, different languages, you know. The Redwoods is nothing like Arizona. Arizona is nothing like the Midwest. The Midwest is nothing like anything else in the country. And each place has its fangs. Every time I come back to Indiana, which um, I went to high school here, had a lot of my childhood here before Mom and I did the gypsy dance, and um, Indiana is very distinctive in some of its language, and whenever I come back, I fall right back into it. But one of the things I noticed, and I do notice that people say this across the rest of the country, but here in Indiana, (laughs) we use yep as a transition. I mean, we use it as everything. Uh, Just think about it. And right now, if you're from Indiana, and you're listening to my podcast, I guarantee you, you just went right now as you're driving or listening. Yep. <laughs> and this is the story I like to tell where I got back and I was hanging out with my girlfriend and a couple other. Um, I think it was Horsecock McGillicuddy, and I can't remember who else. But we were all sitting there in just silence. And all of a sudden, somebody just out of the blue goes, Yep and we all nod in approval (laughs) because whatever thought we had in our head at the time a yep was a good place for it and sometimes when you're just hanging out in the group you all feel that and sometimes you just got to let one out or if your friend's explaining something to you that you don't quite grasp but you you feel their moment and you're there with them you look at them and go Yep. (laughs) I mean, it's used, and we use it a lot here in Indiana. And the funny thing is, I've noticed some CEO people I hang out with break out the yep. And I'm like, yeah, you guys don't notice it, but we use it a lot. And so I started bringing that to my friends. One of them came back and went, you fucking dick, (laughs) because now I catch myself saying yep all the time. I'm like, no, it's not a bad thing. It's an Indiana thing. You know, that's the universal language for us. If the shit gets real and we can't handle it, somebody will break out a, yep, meaning let's move on. Or if you're tired and you come home from work and you're like, you know, baby, I think it's a good idea that we just don't go out tonight and just sit sit here on the couch. And the other person will go, yep, it is the universal I guess I'm still looking for that one word next for to sum up the yep. It's not the universal vernacular, it's the universal thingy. <laughs> but that's why I'm sharing it with you folks out there too. Think about this. How many times you used yep or listen to people saying it. I mean, fuck, we adjective, adverb, pronoun. And one of the other things that we say a lot here and I say it a ton. And it was entertaining to do this. Let me, let me, here, hang on, let me back up a little bit and take a breath. All righty, here we go. <laughs> hang on, I'm making myself chuckle. So, here's how I'll tell this story. Besides, yep, when I got to the Redwoods, um, I was sitting around with some wonderful people. They are Northern California folk. Northern California folk have a certain way they do things. Sort of this passive-aggressive, let's eat, let's all have dinners together and talk about things we're never really going to do. I, I had trouble acclimating a little bit, obviously, because I state how I feel. and Well, you don't do that in California. You're, you're passive-aggressive and just talk gently. Northern, and it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying this is Northern California. So imagine a loud redneck coming up, you know, going, yeah, woo yeah, woo, you know, they, they had no idea what the fuck to do with me. And I remember one time we were sitting on the porch, the neighbors came over and we we're all smoking. The great thing about Northern California is everybody smokes pot. Everybody. So we're all sitting there just smoking. And I say, Man, I'm tired. I'm fixing to get up and go to bed. And remember this lady looked over at me and she blinked a couple of times and she goes, well, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, what you don't understand? I'm fixing to get up and go to bed. And she she blinked a couple of more times and she goes, well, why don't you just get up and go to bed? And I look at her and I go, because I'm fixing to. <laughs> she, she looks at me and Again, just blinks a couple of times. I'm like, "I okay, and then I realized this is one of those things we say back home that <laughs> we all say it. And I go, look, I'm not quite ready to get up yet. There's things I still need to think inside my head as I'm sitting here. I'm just letting you know I'm fixing to get up. <laughs> and it takes some work to do that. <laughs> I don't think they ever really wrap their head around that. Now, ironically enough, even though I do love bouncing around the country everywhere and seeing all the different cultures, I still am kind of a redneck, and sometimes I have trouble acclimating into something because I'm not from this area, and the way I I was raised is not quite the same. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing or a good thing, it's just a great googly moogly, I don't know what to do here without being a dick. And this is a great example. I've shared this one with Nick several times, trying to harness the power of this one. The free-ranged parenting. Indiana has, yip and fixin' too, and many other things I'll get to eventually. But one of the big things in Northern California is, we just let our children do whatever they want. I mean, literally, whatever they want. We just, we just did, go, children, run. Which is awesome if you're around other families that, you know, do that free-range parenting thing. However, there are people in life that would like to go to a restaurant and sit down and have a meal without your screaming chili willies coming over and disrupting the meal. For me, this came to the climax when I had not been on a date, I think, since Moby Dick was a minnow, and my neighbor down the road who ran the cider company, she had not been on a date either. And we both just kind of went, hey, you just want to go out and maybe hold hands and just, you know, do this thing that people do that I can't seem to do very well. And she was like, yes, that'd be great. So we go to this restaurant and they had this awful, awful, though they had this awesome waffle cone that had mashed taters in it. And they did this deep fried mashed tater waffle cone thing. I know you all are chuckling out there now, but this thing was freaking awesome. (laughs) So we get this meal of mashed tater waffle cones and blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting down and trying to do what people that haven't dated or don't date very often try to do and just make simple conversation. Neither one of us have ever had children. Hell, I had a vasectomy just to make sure I never had children. I even made, made the joke to people before I had the vasectomy that no, I don't have kids and I'm wearing a condom right now so I don't get myself pregnant. That's how much kids freak me out. <laughs> People would look at me and go, okay. So here I am at this meal with another woman who's never had children, who, you know, runs her own cider business. And this couple comes up in the Northern California garb. You know, you can smell the, the patchouli 10 miles away. No worries, you know, they come up and say, hey, we have some friends coming over and we'd like to, maybe if you could move for us and we'll scoot these tables together. And we're all like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Remember, they told us friends. So we hop over to a table and we're back into our dating thing or whatever. And all of a sudden you hear what sounds like monkeys being let loose from a cage that are getting a gasoline enema while they sing opera. And these eight kids come screaming back near our tables and running around, jumping and screaming on our table. And it wasn't friends that the people were inviting; it was another family with children, so I kind of look back at them, and I know I'm in Northern California, and I got to be polite and all that, so I kind of like, "Hey, you know, kind of looking at their kids that are literally jumping on our table and screaming and going underneath the table and doing what well they shouldn't be doing, it seems to me, and i can I look at my date, and she's doing the same thing and trying to breathe, and she goes. This is the one thing I hate about Northern California is the free-range parenting. And I go, wow, I kind of thought I was being a dick being from Indiana, you know. And She goes, no, no, no. There's a lot of us here that don't like this either. So after about 10 minutes of uh, just obnoxious children doing obnoxious shit, I look back. Uh, I'm trying not to be a dick, but I go, hey, skater. Think maybe you can scoot your kids back over to your table. I'm on a date here for the first time, and we'd really like to have some peace. Now the father gets up and goes, oh, my apologies. And he walks over to our table, puts his hands on his lap and bends down, and proceeds to go, Mica, Micah, 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 Micah as the kid proceeds to run up and down our table and scream and kick and run around micah micah by now i can feel my eyeball starting to shoot out of my head and i go fuck scooter obviously micah 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 ain't working man just grab the kid and take him over to your table and he looks like i just said skin your children and wear it as a coat and he goes oh we don't we don't do that and i'm like well Maybe you should. So finally, Micah, Micah, Micah gets over to the other side of the of the table, and there's still the other screaming Chili Willie he didn't grab. And I go, hey, you going to grab the other one here? And I go, just, just yo, grab your Chili Willie. And I'm not kidding, and I'm going to try and do the hand signal for you, where the parent looks at me and he goes, excuse me. And he holds up a triangle sign with his finger and says, my son's name is Pyramid. And he turns the triangle hand down and goes, within. And I, I, I hear my date choke a laugh, because I'm blinking at the person. And in my head, I go, no way. And I say, I'm so, so sorry. Can you repeat that child's name for me again? Doing the exact same rhythm, holds the fingers up like a triangle and goes, pyramid. Drops the hands down and goes, within. And I start laughing. I go, I tell you what, Scooter, why don't you just grab triangle? <laughs> Get him over to your fucking table. I'm done with this shit. And oh my God, the shit hit the fan. My day starts laughing, triangle. And I was like, seriously, you better teach that kid how to block. If you're going to name that kid pyramid within. And I've, I've been wanting to tell that story forever. It's not a bad thing. These people are being themselves, but they're, you know, this is, I, people people always go, how can you handle such different culture? I go, well, I can only go so far, you know, that's about as far as I can go with Northern California. You know what? We don't really discipline our kids. They get free trophies, whatever. (laughs) Pyramid with hand, you know, (laughs) I go, man, that's going to be a great story. I'm going to tell it. Now, you know, I also, you know, can't go back to Indiana and have people screaming at me, Benghazi, 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 for 17 hours either. You know, there's the thin line of what you can do with culture and what you can't. For example, yep and fix it too If I'd have said something like that to Pyramid with him they would have thought I was an ignorant fucking redneck. It's different cultures. But seriously, folks. Rig your kids in a little bit. Give them some discipline and teach them manners. And don't name them shit like ah, Pyramid Within if you plan on them going out into the real world. Because people are going to beat the shit out of that kid and call him Triangle. <laughs> so I don't know where I was going at that earlier, but that's you know different cultures between yep and fixin' to. It's, I think it's an amazing thing just to travel around and see those things. You know, if those kids never leave Northern California, they will fit in absolutely perfectly up there, you know, but if they even go to Southern California, oh God, oh God, I hope they're fixing to know how to get beat up because it's going to happen. Well, I'm searching my notes. Oh, I know what I was going to do. What did I put it? Hey, next, did you by chance see where I put my book of poetry that I was going to read from, and I totally don't know where I put it because I've piled... Oh, wait, no, that's not it either. gas. It's the To Awaken the Old Heartbeat one. We are currently looking for my book of poetry I was going to read to you, but I don't know what I did with it. I haven't moved from this spot. How do I lose shit when it's in my arm's reach... Ah, here it is. Oh. See, I needed you over here to, you know, have me smell your perfume so I could figure it out. Okay, so... <laughs> so, they, uh... Take a deep breath. This moment in Dana's podcast brought to you by oxygen. It's good to stop and take a very, very deep breath. Let's do it all together now. Ready? <sighs> okay. <laughs> So this is uh, from one of my old books, A Poetry to Awaken an Old Heartbeat by Dana Byard. For sale on Amazon, or if you all message me, you can buy it for me. Shameless plug right there. We're going to just... Page 76. Here we go. I'll read you a couple of them. And then i got to give up the night because the almonds are starting to let me know that they don't like me right now. What, is a, what does an almond testicle voice sound like next? <laughs> Something squished. I, think. <laughs> like, I got nothing. <laughs> Wait, uh, hang on. I got I to do this now or else I can't read the serious poetry. Wait. Uh, Dude. <laughs> Seriously. I'm... No, that's not it either. That's the philosophical question of the moment. What does a squished testicle and pain... See? voice sound like (laughs) I'll let you all think about that and I'll move on because I got nothing probably like Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey from the 80s oh dear god why are you leaving forward? stop leaving forward, you fuck (laughs) I think that's it my testicles sound like Gilbert Godfrey if you don't take anything else away from this podcast tonight you can hang that hat on your rack right there (laughs) i was going to read serious romantic poetry but now i ruined it with gilbert godfrey testicles okay here we go here we go here we go what did bob ross used to do oh yeah when he would uh be really into a painting and he could feel the groove Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Mmm, that's what we need from now on when i need a transition i'm going to give it a And maybe a Morris Day of the Time. Oh, wee oh, wee oh. Ooh, what if we mixed Bob Ross's Mmm with Morris Day and the Time's Jungle Love? I think we'd have something there. And then we can make happy little jungle trees. Oh, I think we're onto something here. All right, next, you ready? Kissing that curve where you're... I started, and then you yapped me. See, she just yapped me, right? And I started. I was all romantic, and you know what she did? She yapped me. (laughs) Okay. Everybody get their yaps out. (laughs) Yep. You out there listening, land, get your yaps out. Next, you ready now? All right, she got her yep out. This is serious romantic, Dana, here. Kissing that curve where your back and ass meet, I linger, trying to control my breath. I inhale your scent, exhaling with a soft moan as I breathe into you and dry the skin where my tongue has been. You know, I just burped when I was reading that. So apparently we're not having a romantic moment here either. (laughs) You know, professional cop podcast folks, they don't burp. You know, you listen to What's-His-Face that I listen to all the time. Uh, Rogan, he don't burp. He does three hours high as fuck. He don't burp. Never hear him burp at all. Nope. I'm trying to read romantic poetry and make people go, Oh my God, that's so sexy. We should buy his book. What do I do? I burp. Mine's me of Sanford and Son. That's why Fred Sanford didn't drink beer in the bottle. You know why? Beer in the bottle make him burp. <laughs> okay, we went from Sanford and Son to... Damn it, Jim. Let me start that one over. I really like that one, too. You know what I should have been doing was kissing the curve of your back. Damn shame. The testicles won't let me do that right now. <laughs> Damn it. How about if I channel the inner Gilbert Godfrey to you and kiss your lower back? See, that ain't going to work either. All right, we're going to turn the page because I ruined that poem. Oh, wait, here, the next page is perfect for it. I'm not even going to ask you if you're ready. We're just going to do it. Let's move on from where we began. Though that is a wonderful memory, the things I have to show you are so much more fun. We need some music. Ah there. Your heartbeat is a great rhythm to begin with. I shall just place my fingertips right here. Your pulse grazing my skin like a breeze that will become a storm, promising that I will dream beside you every chance I get. Let's move on from where we began, with no meaning, no path, no direction. There is only this storm that my fingertips pulls from you. As I listen to your heartbeat gaining strength. Like a spring flood. Like an addictive drum. Like a heartbeat beneath a trembling fingertip. Uh, Tell me to stop next, ready? Got it. To awaken an old heartbeat. She is all that I have left and shadow is her name. She is a quiet, powerful lover, holding her energy close, so I have to move closer. Her hands and body speak for her, and oh, those words say so much. Moving my body where she wants it, where she needs it. All the while looking into my eyes, saying, For this moment I am yours, and you are mine. I keep falling for her time and time again. Every time I get close, find her rhythm and move just as she does, just as I believe she needs me, right when I see her hold her breath. Just for that instant when I begin to know her secrets, she grabs me, she stills me with a whisper in my ear. Slow sadness, Seduction, forgiveness, and farewell all in one exhalation. It really shouldn't be so complicated. You hold me, then hold me again. You heal me. You help me remember the me that I used to be and miss so much. You make me try so hard to find something that I have searched for so long that I forgot I was lost until I found you. Then you held me, and then held me again, until I became complicated again. And now every time you hold me, it just isn't enough. And it shouldn't be so complicated, but it is. And the comfort is like an old friend, lost, forgotten, but somehow stronger now. She is all that I have left, and shadow is her name. I think we'll end on that, because that's a nice, good, beautiful note. Again, I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast. I would say it'd get more structure, but it's kind of just going to be like this. But it will get gooder, because I'll find a rhythm. And again, feel free to buy my books on Amazon, Dana Byard, D-A-N-A, YARD Or hell just throw me a podcast message or Facebook, man. I'll sell you one, sign it and throw in a painting or a fridge magnet. That's what I do when you buy them for me. Well, I'm sure I'm forgetting some professional thing here, but <laughs> I'm going to end it and here is my ending music for you. <laughs> Ow, 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 ow. y'all have a good night always 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 keep searching for the music between the music keep trying to find the notes between the notes everything is a test and your vibe attracts your tribe we're all in this together have a great night now, how do I turn this damn thing off again ah there it is